Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have Mark Petrucci here today. And welcome, Mark, to High Road to Humanity. Thanks for having me, Nancy. I'm excited you're here. Uh, he's written a cool book, Rockets in the Sky. But let me preface this conversation with giving you a little information about his son, Nick, and the book and, and why he wrote it. So sit back and relax for a minute. And let me give you a little info here. So in the Rockets in the Sky, Mark shares his struggles with his faith in God and his grave disappointment in science, how they both let his son Nicholas down, showing no mercy while he was fighting with the last stages of brain cancer. He kept the right people close and found the right tools to help regain and strengthen his faith in God renew his belief in science, and most importantly, to reconnect with Nicholas. Now, this is a good book, and this is a good show to share if you're going through the loss of a loved one and you're struggling. Um, his hope is the information that he wrote in these pages, which is actually his journal, and he'll tell you about that, um, will bring your loved one's spirit with you as you go. Mark um, grew up in, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Hanella, New Jersey, is that right? That's correct. Okay. Where he continues to live with his wife, Amy, two daughters, Emma and Elizabeth, and um, your cat, Sunset. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry for your loss, and I told you that in the beginning. Um, Nicholas was only 12 years old. I mean, how did this happen? Was Is this just come out of the blue, if you wouldn't mind telling the audience your story? Sure. Um, so Nicholas started getting headaches in, in April of 2017. Okay. And he had um, two headaches during that month. And we weren't really over concerned about it because, you know, we felt like maybe it was a stomach virus, maybe it was something else. Mm -hmm. um, he seemed to get over in like a couple hours. So uh, he got two more in May. And it seemed like it was clockwork. It was like every two weeks. Uh, but in May, we were concerned, you know, it, it didn't seem right. We, we, Amy and I didn't feel right. So we uh, brought him to the pediatrician and they uh, ordered up some blood work and had CT scan. Um, both came back normal. So okay. we were really happy about that, obviously. You know, you don't want anything wrong with the blood work or the head CT scan. Right. So the pediatrician decided maybe you know, we should see a specialist for the headaches, a neurologist. So we saw a neurologist in July. And um, at this time, you know, again, Nick was having two headaches in May, two headaches in June, two weeks apart, two headaches in July. And the duration of the headaches started getting longer. And that was concerning to us. Right. Uh, where it was two hours. Now it's all day. And like we missed 4th of July, basically, you know, because we were home with Nick and he was just, you know, I had a 10 hour headache, you know, with vomiting, 
you know, so you're not really going to do much when right. something like that's going on. Right. So I realized his quality of life at that point was being affected. Um, so we saw the neurologist, and the neurologist said, he said, um, Nick doesn't need to see a neurologist. He, you know, doesn't have enough headaches, you know, to really warrant any concern. He, you know, I see patients with migraines, vomiting, not vomiting, you know, seven, eight times a week. You know, they're having multiple episodes every week. And oh. Nick's basically on his sixth one. Right. So let me interrupt um, you just a second. So what sure. the doctor basically said was he sees this all the time. No need Correct. to be alarmed. And, and from what I'm, now I didn't really ask you this, but Nick was a pretty active kid. I read the book. I mean, he played basketball and baseball. And so he was an active kid. So for him was, to like. He was athletic. Right. So for him to say yeah. I have a headache and go to this extreme, you knew it was something major. Yeah, it was, um, he's a strong kid, like most kids are. I mean, yeah. he didn't, um, even when he had headaches, he, um, it didn't really affect him. Like, you know, he still did things, you know, we still, you know, did sports through the summer and, mm -hmm. um, he was giving it his best shot, but I could tell, you know, that he was a little on the tired side and that he was, um, taking a step backwards as far as baseball and, uh, which was going on at the time. Um, he was supposed to do a travel team that summer, but I decided against it. I just didn't feel like he was right. Um, so we get into July with the neurologist saying pretty much, let him go see a therapist. He felt like it was stress-related. I'm like saying to myself. I'm sorry. He's That's... not in school. No, no, he, he's not in school. Yeah. Um, so it's summertime. Who's stressed in the summer when you're a kid? Right. But again, we, you know, we weren't concerned. We're kind of concerned. But, you know, since the head CT scan didn't show anything wrong and the blood work was normal, we were fine. We just wanted Nick. We wanted to stop the headaches, of course, and, and the vomiting that went with it. So we were working on doing that. And so we found a therapist. And actually, I think my daughters, you know, start, start seeing a therapist as well, which is good. Um, so all three of them were seeing a therapist in July. And then in August, August 4th, he had a bad headache and um, it took away his vision and it took away his ability to talk and his ability to move. And I was really scared. And so we rushed him to the hospital. So that's his first hospital visit. And he went to see two hospitals on that day. Um, the first hospital thought he had spinal meningitis and they said, if we don't do a lumbar puncture, he's going to pass away, could pass away in, in 48 hours. Wow. So anytime you hear something like that, you're just, I'll do anything to prevent that from happening. Right. So um, they couldn't keep him still for the puncture and they can't sedate children. So he had to get transferred to another hospital. And um, the other hospital said, well, he doesn't have a fever. Uh, we're just going to evaluate him. Um, so they really didn't do anything for him. And thankfully, Nick came out of, he, he regained his vision, his ability to move and, and talk. And he was back to normal. I, he went on a Friday night and by Saturday morning, he was fine. By the they grace put him of on God. an eat. Right. Go ahead. What was that? I said, by the grace of God. Absolutely. And um, I called my brother Jim. I called my brother Jim up, who's a preacher. 
And I, you know, while the whole lumbar talk was going on and I said, Jim, you gotta, you know, he knew something was up cause it's like 11, 12 o'clock Friday night. And he's like, what's going on? Right. And I said, you gotta, you gotta pray for Nick, yeah. you know? So he did. I know he did. And we got a lot of prayers from that point forward. Um, but back to my point, you know, Nick, um, how to get transferred. He couldn't sit still. They couldn't sedate him because that hospital doesn't sedate children. So he goes to a different hospital. They rule out spinal meningitis because he doesn't have a fever. And I was explaining to the doctors at the previous hospital, listen, he's been going through this since April. This is not spinal meningitis. This is something else. So they did an EEG at the other hospital, the second hospital, and they thought he had a seizure with this headache. Okay. So they, um, so they wrote out a script to do an MRI because they were, they were obviously concerned. And they diagnosed him with, at that time, uh, migraine with aura. You know, the aura being you lose sense of sight and, and ability to move and, and talk. But they didn't see um, anything. So, they, they didn't see anything on the MRI at all. Nothing. They didn't do an MRI. Why? At this point, and and the previous hospital that he, the first hospital he went to, was supposed to send over the head CT scan, and they never did. So at this point, the head CT scan is not being looked at. The August fourth head CT scan is not being looked at by the hospital. I think maybe they got sidetracked with the spinal meningitis. That's just my opinion. Right. Um, whatever happened, a head CT scan was not given to the second hospital. The second hospital didn't do anything but take his vitals every 15 minutes. And, and they did an EEG, which showed possible seizure with the headache. And they diagnosed them with migraine with aura and said to follow up with the neurologist that he previously uh, previously saw in July. So we followed up on August 9th. I went with Nick and I told the doctor, you know, what, you know, did you look over everything he said he did? And he wasn't in agreement with uh, him having a seizure. He looked at the EEG and didn't feel like he had a seizure. And he decided against doing the MRI, which now we know. I mean, we didn't know at the time, but it was essential for Nick to get that MRI at that right. point. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's on last stages of brain cancer. I get it. You know, the hydrocephalus, the swelling of the brain. Uh, this is what a neurosurgeon told me. Um, it was coming and going on its own. And they've never seen that before. Okay. And that's where kind of like they were like saying, well, why is he getting better on his own? That if he had hydrocephalus, you got to put shunts in, you got to give him medicine, you got to do what you got to do to lower that, to lower the swelling down, or you're going to cause brain damage and take away the quality of life. So at that point, Nick, uh, Nick's neurologist decided against the MRI. So he put him on Depakote, you know, which helps with migraines and seizures. Uh, the Depakote seemed to work well. The uh, next two weeks, three weeks, he had a headache three weeks after that, a- end of August. So we felt like, wow, that's not two weeks. So that's good. Yeah, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize to stop you. We are doing the podcast today as well. So people are listening to us. I see the book. Yeah, on um, Spotify. They're also listening to us 
on Apple Podcast yeah. and on Toginet Radio. We're also on uh, we're on um, Binge TV today. The book that he has written, which is wonderful, it's Mark Petruzzi wrote it, is Rockets in the Sky. And we're going to have him explain the title and continue on with the story of his son and the loss of his son, Nicholas. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and I want to thank all of my listeners for supporting High Road to Humanity. You can listen to High Road to Humanity on Toginet Internet Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. The show is now streaming on Binge TV Networks. Just search for High Road to Humanity. If you guys are interested in a spiritual reading or coaching, visit my website, nancyyerald.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're off. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here with Mark Petrucci. We're on break just talking about God and talking about our souls. The book that he's uh, put together is Rockets in the Sky. You guys need to pick this up. Um, everybody has lost somebody, and it's interesting. You do a journaling through here, uh, and it was healing for you, and we'll get to that. But I want you to finish telling the story of um, Nicholas and what happened, if you wouldn't mind, please. Yeah, so we pick up uh, with the August 4th, um, August 9th meeting with his neurologist, and um, he's decided against doing the MRI. I pleaded with him a little bit. I said, listen, the head CT scan only can show so much. I want to get a closer look at this. He said, at this time, I don't want to do the MRI. I'm not in agreement. So what I didn't know at the time is not only did he decide against the MRI, he didn't call the hospital that wrote out the script to let them know, I'm not doing the MRI. So if you want to do it, go ahead, which I believe they would have done. So anyway, Nick goes out there. It's three weeks later. The Depakote's working a little bit. He started developing back pain. And, and we thought maybe it was because uh, when he was at the first hospital, they were trying to keep him still. They're trying to get the needle in to do the lumbar puncture. And maybe they messed, maybe they hurt him a little bit. So we're thinking his back pains from that. We send him back at the, we take him back to the pediatrician at the end of August. And the pediatrician decides to put him on prednisone, steroid, and it just works like a miracle drug. I mean, it just took away his headaches, took away his back pain, and he was good. He was back to normal. We got Nick back, you know, so we started doing stuff with him. I mean, you know, we didn't really do much with him in the summer. We did some stuff when he had good days, but now he has good days. So Amy was a, she was a trooper there. She made sure his plan, that his days were full with things to do. Yeah. Went to the beach, 
went to Hershey Park. We did a lot of good stuff. I mean, he was riding roller coasters till 10 o'clock at night, about two weeks before he goes into a coma. Oh so he God. enjoyed himself. It's I want to stop you for a second. I've taken prednisone uh, when I was really ill and it just changes everything. It's like a miracle drug. And how long did he Absolutely. take? It's really crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who've taken it. How long was he on it? He was on one uh, regimen, right? So okay. you get a couple pills. Yeah. And so I'm going to say 10 days. You know, he was on it. So when he comes off it, he crashes. I mean, it's not good. I mean, he had a headache and it was a bad one. And I called his, uh, I actually took him over to the neurologist. I wanted to see him. I wanted the neurologist to see him symptomatic. Right. So I brought him over there while he was struggling with this headache. He checks him out and um, he says, we'll up the dosage of the Depakote and we'll, uh, We'll schedule him for an MRI. And um, I was happy about that. I waited. I got to be honest with you. I wanted the MRI done in June. Yeah. I just did. I just felt it in my soul that he needed a, he needed an MRI. But that's just me. You know, that just was my opinion on that. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting the, MR, the MRI schedule for, I believe, uh, September 27th. Uh, so we got the MRI scheduled. Uh, Nick went on a higher dosage of Depakote, but started having reactions to it. And he started having headaches quicker now. It wasn't two weeks, three weeks. Now it's a couple of days. And um, he had a headache on the morning he was supposed to get his, my, uh, his MRI. And it was a bad one. And um, I called his neurologist and he said, listen, give him more pain medicine. And I already gave him Excedrin. I gave him Motrin. I mean, I'm I'm jumping a lot of medicine into this boy this little child and i'm like don't feel comfortable doing that i'm gonna bring them back to the second hospital the emergency room and let them deal with this because i just don't feel good about this right so we brought him back to the hospital and the hospital decides to admit him and okay. they canceled the mri which yeah. he was supposed to have that day because he wouldn't have been able to sit still for it anyway mm -hmm. um and they scheduled for the mri to be done on the 28th so the hospital had him for 16 hours and um, they did a lower uh, back CT scan on him and um, they started giving him heavy pain medicine and um, they put him back on Depakote, even though the previous, his neurologist took him off because he had side effects because they've raised it. And I talked to the hospital neurologist saying, look, he was taken off Depakote. I don't like the drug and the, you know, the neurologist said, you know, well, we're, the good of the drug outweighs the side effects. And I said, okay. So they kept him on the Depakote and um, he just was spinning. It just was, he was just going downhill, even with the stronger pain medicine. It, was it just he, wasn't working. I know, but I don't mean to interrupt you, but was he coherent? Was he able to talk to you throughout he, this? He, was, he wasn't making sense. He was all over the place. Oh, I got to do homework. And then he jumped from that to something different. And it just, it wasn't good. I mean, he was, he was in distress. So <clears throat> around 10 o'clock that night, I, he calmed down and I looked at Amy and I said, listen, I want to go home and relieve your mom because the da our daughters were with her at home. I wanted to stay with the daughters. He's calmed down. Nick's calming down. 
Right. So she said, I'm not going. I'm staying. I know you're going to stay with them. I got it. I got it. So I went home to be with the girls and, um, you know, I get the call the next morning and he went into a coma. And, uh, you know, Amy told me that, I think, while I was driving the girls to school. And uh, she said I had to get to the hospital right away. Next thing you know, I can't even, I don't even remember how I drove to the hospital. I can't even believe he went into a coma. And when I got there, I'm sitting down with a neurosurgeon. And he says to me, your son's ICP, your, the intracranial pressure is at 80. He can't sustain life. At 80, he is, in, he is critical. And uh, he is in a life-threatening situation. I said, well, what's causing his brain to swell? And he said, I don't know. And there's no external injuries. It's all internal. I said, it's a cancer. And he said, well, we got him doing an MRI now. So you got his MRI, but he's already in a coma, you know? So I guess the MRI came a little late. Um, so the MRI uh, was performed to do one job and one job only to find out if it's cancer. And the neurosurgeon said, if it's not cancer, we don't have time. You got to sign these papers. What I want to do is I want to remove his skull. Oh, gosh. And I said, what? Oh, Can you do that? Yeah. And I said to him, um, I said to him, well, if it's cancer, I don't want to remove his skull. And he looked at me and said, we wouldn't remove his skull if it was cancer. We would just say, uh, you know, keep him on pain medicine. You guys could say your goodbyes and go from there. So um, they did the MRI and it didn't show cancer. So they removed the skull. And then we had three more weeks to wait on future MRIs because, you know, when the brain swells and it pushes against the inside of the skull, you know, it doesn't show brain damage right away. You got to wait for the cells to get damaged and then die. So they, we had to wait a little bit. But they still and then when we found out, I guess it was done on maybe October. October 12th, 2017, that, that MRI showed 60% brain damage and he would be left in a vegetative state for the rest of his life. And that's something Amy and I didn't want for him. Um, and we had to pull him off life support and he died on October 18th, 2017. And then we had the hard decision to, to make with an autopsy and we had to do the autopsy for closure. And that came back two months later. And it showed cancer, brain cancer, two little tumors so small that the head CT scan can't pick, can't pick it up. The MRI can't even pick it up. It picks it up as abnormalities, but they're so deep inside the brain, they can't really biopsy the abnormalities to figure out what it is. There's other tests they could do, but they never saw it before. So they didn't know to do those tests. So you go and you go to see Dr. Cody. In, 2000. yeah, in 2019. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was uh, obviously on a journey once Nick passed. I mean, I, I missed him so much. I just want to make contact with the spirit. So I was on a mission to get to the spirit world, to get to the other side. Okay. So um took me a little time to get to Dr. Cody, but I was uh, really reading up on, you know, how to see spirits and reading up on psychics and mediums, intuitive mediums, especially. And they had all one thing in common, and that was meditation. Yep. So I started practicing meditation, reading up on meditation, taking classes on meditation. Okay. And I 
I was doing well with it, but I wanted to further my experience. And, and somebody told me about being hypnotized and, and maybe, you know, channeling into the spirit world that way. So um, I just went online and I found Dr. Cody, who was close enough to my home. So I yeah. went in to see him and uh, started doing, started getting hypnotized. And um, I, uh, we had like four sessions and he's a therapist as well. So he was interested in talking to me, my faith in God, because, you know, you want to talk about God's faith when you want to be hypnotized. And he was talking, we started talking about Nicholas and he was just so interested in Nicholas's story and just how he died and how tragic and heartbreaking it was. He just felt like um, I could heal uh, in a way through writing. I was like, I don't really, you know, I don't really write, you know. Right. Yeah, so he wanted me to write a journal, you know. So I'm like, I don't, you know, I haven't written since high school, man. I've been out a while now. So so I was really against it at first. Yeah. But he kind of convinced me. And um, I started writing the journal then. And at first it was like I wasn't too much into it. I was just doing daily events or any dreams I was having. And then I about couple months into it, I started getting into it and it, it, I found that it was helping me heal a little bit. So All right. We're going to go to break, you guys. And this is his journal. Okay. It's Rockets in the Sky. It's by Mark Petruzzi. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. And we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at Toginet can take care of all of the details because we provide full service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a web page that you can edit and we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and this is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here with Mark Petruzzi, and we're talking about his son, Nicholas. And um, he was 12 years old when he 
died of brain cancer and you started to journal and you went to be hypnotized and it was the gentleman who hypnotized you who told you to journal. And I just want to say, I teach everybody on the show to connect every day with God and to journal. And I actually journal to God. Dear, I do a dear God and goddess thing every day. But I mean, it just gets whatever's inside of you, it gets it out onto paper. It's it's like cleansing, I feel. Um, is that kind of what Absolutely. you want to Yeah. 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 I um so when I wanna when I wanna channel the God, I I pray, I meditate, and I fast, and that gets me to him. When I want to get to the spirit world, I meditate and I do self-hypnosis. And I practice, the important thing is, is yeah. to practice slowing your brain down, right? right. So it's physical. So you got to get rid of the physical and you got to be spiritual. And right. you want to get, you want to get close to God, you have to be spiritual. You want to get close, in my case, to Nicholas and my mom, my dad, my sister, Sandy. Um, you want to get, you know, you want to get there through, for me, it works uh, through self-hypnosis. And yes. with Nicholas, it's also about, you know, I'll sometimes self do self-hypnosis through uh, when I go to bed. And I see him coming through my dreams. And I write that in the book, you know, about my connection with Nicholas through dreams. Yeah, and you do. And I want to ask you about self-hypnosis because I was fascinated by this. Um, yeah. so here's what I, I need to understand if you explain to the audience. Um, so you went in, he hypnotized you, Dr. Cody hypnotized you several times. But then you say in the book, he taught you how to do it yourself. And what? how do yes. you do it yourself and why is that... Is that like beyond the meditation or talk to me about this? I don't, I want to understand. All right. Okay. So uh, when you're meditating or doing self-hypnosis, you have to have a foundation for, you know, and what I've been taught through an intuitive medium, Rich Bracconi, um, he basically has taught me how to be spiritually learned and it starts with love. So, you know, you have to go through the day and you have to make sure you take away your hate, take away your physical, take away your brain. And you slow that down by, you know, supplement, you know, by love. You know, you have to start loving. And it's not an easy thing to do, but, you know, I'm learning how to do it. So when I meet a person for the first time, I'm trying to have compassion and love and kindness. So, you know, I, I want to respect the person. Right. So. I, I practice love. I practice pulling away hate. I practice telling the truth and being honest, pulling away my lies. And I practice charity. I practice giving instead of taking. And when I do that, I'm slowing my brain down. I'm slowing my physical. I'm pushing that sign. I'm being more spiritual. Mm -hmm. And when you're more spiritual, then you can use the tools such as self-hypnosis. So when I'm doing self-hypnosis, it's usually, like I said before, right before I go to bed. And what I do is I'll lay in bed and I'll fixate on something in the room, uh, one thing. So my eyes are open and then I start to, you know, fixate on the one thing. And then I start thinking about who I want to connect with. And most of the times it's with Nicholas. So I concentrate on that. And then eventually I pull away from myself, not knowing that I'm pulling. And then I, you know, go to sleep. And then from there it's, you know, 
you're in that hypnotic state and sometimes it leads to really cool dreams uh, that I write about. And sometimes it just leads to me falling asleep and then waking up the next morning. Uh, I love it. But I- that's how I do. That's how I, so my eyes are open, whereas in meditation, my eyes are closed, but I still practice, you know, the foundation of love and I go from there. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, wow, look how, look who you've become. I mean, just you saying to me, I look at everybody with love. I look at everybody with compassion. I mean, this has changed your life completely. Absolutely. And you know, before I was, you know, before if my family knows me, so I'm pretty argumentative and I'm still argumentative today, even though I try to reel it in a little bit. It's a process. It's yeah. not easy. There's good days, there's bad days. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But yeah. I try to go into it. I really make an attempt to go into it loving somebody. If I don't get there, it's usually the other person's fault. You know, <laughs> usually they're doing something to get me off track. Oh. I love it. Hey, let's talk a little bit about um, Nicholas has been, uh, gave you some signs. How long after the passing before you started to get signs from him around the house? Yeah. um, The first sign, and it's, you know, basically again, you know, the most important sign because I was in a dark place at the time I got this sign. And I think in a way, like God knows, you know, and Nick knew that, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it was about a month after he passed. I was still, and it was bad. You know, it wasn't good. Uh, a lot of deep depression and sadness and just crying a lot and just not wanting to really get out of bed. But I did, you know, I went, I went right back to work. Uh, my wife, Amy, she, she, her company, she works for, they were just a blessing. They donated their uh, sick days and their, vacation days so she could have some time off, which was extremely important. Um, Maybe I went back to work a little too early, but, um, you know, so it's been a month into it. And um, I got up in the morning and um, Amy was in the bathroom, our bedrooms, like right across from the bathroom. And then you walk down the hallway, get to the kitchen. And I uh, was messing around with my phone you know, looking at my emails and my text messages for today. So I got an idea of what I needed to do for work. And um, I'm just there looking at the phone and uh, a voice comes over to me in my head and just says, listen, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me back up. The door slams. Yeah, I read Our bedroom door slams. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, our bedroom door slams against the doorstop. And I heard it and I know the sound. So I said, what's going on? Amy's like, you know, she must be mad at me or something. Something's wrong, you know. So let me look down and make sure she's okay. So she's already in the bathroom. I thought she left the bathroom. She got done her shower or whatever. Yeah. But she's still in the bathroom and she was dropping stuff. It wasn't the same sound, but I um, I said, okay, she made the sound. I'm good. So um, I'm there and the voice then comes into my head, says, Go down and look at the bedroom door. And I said, you know, now I'm thinking, now my brain's working, right? It's not the spiritual part. It's the physical part. The physical part's coming in now. The brain's coming in like it always does for everybody. Yeah. And it's talking you out of stuff. It just talks you out of doing whatever you should be doing in your life. It's like, don't go down the hallway. You know what the sound is. It's Amy in the bathroom. 
And I said, okay, yeah. So it's a sound. Amy made the sound. I'm good. I'm staying right here. Went back to working with my phone. And it comes that feeling comes back to me. That voice comes back and says, you need, need to go look at this store. You know, and I again, I pushed it away. And then finally, the voice was so loud. It says, if you don't go now, you're going to miss this. And I said, fine, I'll go look at the door. So I, I walk down. I look at the door and it's open. It's against the doorstop and it starts to move. And I'm like, and it's not slow. Like, you, it isn't moving. It's moving. And it's not slamming. It probably should, but it's moving. And I've reached out. It, it was going to lock. It was going to engage into the keeper jam side. It was going. It was going to close. So I reached out, grabbed the door, and I just got chills just through my whole body. And I knew, and I knew, right at that moment in my soul that it was Nicholas. And that was the first sign. And I knew from there that I can make it, that I could do this, yeah. that I could survive. Yeah. And I thank Nicholas for that. It's good stuff. There, you've gone to a lot of different mediums. What's he doing up there? You get a lot of dreams where he's playing baseball and different things like that. I mean, had anybody give you information, messages? We just went to yeah, we just went to Rich Bracconi on Monday night, and Nick uh, Nick came through. You know, Rich is the first one who brought him to us. Really, um, okay. I shouldn't say we went to a medium before that, but Rich, um, you know, brought him through on Monday and, and Nick was talking about the book, you know, and, and, and Rich didn't know about it. Um, but he's Rich kept saying, he's saying rock. He's saying sky. Why does he keep saying sky to me? What's up with the sky? And um, I went with a friend of mine and the, <laughs> my friend, Carrie bus, uh, you know, just yells out, Oh, he just wrote, a book rockets in the sky and uh he said well that's it you know that's because he said you're collaborating with your son with this writing and he's so excited about it with these stories being told about him you know um so you know and that just happened just you know on monday night so you know he's, he's constantly um he's constantly uh making himself, making yeah. sure his presence is felt. Now, and I think, it, again, I think it's important because, you know, it. I think it really deals with if you're really struggling with the loss. I mean, I don't, you know, and I love my mom and dad, um, but when they died, I didn't struggle with their loss as much as I struggle with Nicholas. And they don't really, you know, they don't really reach out to me too much. A little bit, they'll reach out to me, but not like not like Nicholas does. And I think there's a reason. Be, I'm sorry, I think there's a reason for that. Listen, we're going to go to break, but before I do, I want to mention really quick. You tell a story about um, Nicholas in the book where uh, he was playing basketball, and his friend got the jersey, and he got number thirteen, and he was so upset. Uh, and yeah. Nick got 19 and Nicholas was a kind kid I mean he gave his jersey to this other child so he could be okay and then come to find out long story short they retired number 13 in Nicholas's I mean what a fabulous little story there what a cool kid amazing it's an amazing story I I did not want him to switch that number 19 
and I saw him do it, and I just, and that's just Nick. He just wanted his friend to be happy. And what's crazy, what's really wonderful about this is the story continues on. I ran into an article in the newspaper on Nick's friend who got the number 19 jersey. Uh, he's playing soccer at his high school. Wait, wait, wait. And they had a picture. Well, stop, stop. I, I got to oh, stop. You want me to stop? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to stop. We go to break. I will be quiet. We're going to break because we're over. Okay. I'll tell the rest of the story when we come back. Rockets in the sky, you guys. This is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. We'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up. The universe is speaking to you. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests 
tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the high road. Nancy, you're out. It's High Road to Humanity. I'm back here with Mark Petrucci. Mark, thanks for joining me today to tell your thanks story. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I know it's really difficult um, to talk about, but then on the flip side, it's very refreshing to see, you know, you know, to hear these stories and to hear what's evolved after. Continue and tell the story. So here he is. Um, I stopped you at our last segment. Sorry about that. Yeah. He's getting play basketball they give him his jersey he gets 19 his friend gets 13 his friend's all upset over 13 he switches it out he gives him his jersey I mean it just shows what a kind soul he is and then you say after his passing what happened yeah just uh recently uh there was an article in the newspaper about his friend uh playing really well in soccer and I'm looking at the picture of him scoring a goal and he's still you know still keeps the number 19 jersey so that's really um really was nice for me to look at that picture and know that he's appreciative of uh what nick gave him yeah exactly i think that's really awesome now you both i want to talk a little bit about religion you grew up in the catholic church but then you kind of did some stuff with your brother who was protestant talk to me about religious faith and how it's evolved and, and Amy too. I mean, in the girls, if you don't mind, if it's okay. Sure. It's fine. I, yeah, I started out um, in the Catholic uh, faith. Uh, my parents weren't really practicing. So we got christened, but nothing, no more sacraments uh, from that point forward. We basically didn't go to church much or anything like that. My brother Jim got me involved with uh, Protestant church, Baptist church, probably when I was a teenager. Okay. And uh, it's a little bit different, you know. If you know you're 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 more focused about the Protestants, or you know, mo- more focused on uh, salvation through the cross, where you know maybe the Catholics are more towards works or how it goes. Um, I think both parties are fine, but, but um, so I'm a little bit in between both. I kind of like him. And independent uh, when it comes to Catholics and Protestants. I like to be in the middle. Uh, some people think that's a little dangerous, but I like it that way. Okay. Um, but, but anyway, Amy and the girls, the girls, yeah, they kind of get mad at, at us and uh, for sending them to Catholic school and stuff. I just felt like it was a better education for them. Um, but they uh, kind of like not into church too much these days. And uh, Amy and I still occasionally we'll go um and we're back with uh the catholic faith you know at this point that's where we're at with that yeah our faith in god is uh strong we have so many prayers from all the churches after nick passed and i just want to say i'm just so blessed we're so blessed and thankful for it and that helps us the prayers of people uh you know it's just they're so kind and the churches uh in our area have been so wonderful sending us prayers and that, and really God works through those prayers. Um, and he yes. has really blessed us. Nothing bad has happened to our family since Nick has passed. And that's a good thing. Wow. Oh, tell us about the name of the book. Uh, Rockets in the Sky. In the sky. Um, so yeah. So um, after Nick passed, um, I was working with uh, one of our subs. I work in construction. I'm a project manager for a little construction company and, and Field, New Jersey, and um, 
we have a heating contractor there who lost her granddaughter, lost his granddaughter to, uh, I believe, leukemia, cancer, uh, probably a couple years before Nick passed. And he was giving me advice, you know, because I was it was right after Nick passed and I went right back to work. And he was like the first person that came up to me and he was crying. I was like, man, this isn't going to work. We're all crying here. You know, <laughs> we got to do some work. Homeowners are going to be looking at it. what's going on. Why are they but anyway, um, he says to me, you know, I just want you to know, I always look at the sky, you know, for the letter E, because his granddaughter's name is Emily. I said, okay, you know, I'll start looking at the sky. So as soon as I looked at the sky, I just saw this, you know, high flying airplane going over and the contrail coming out. And I said, okay, well, that's my sign. And I stuck with it. And it's amazing how Nick will, you know, put the letter N up. And, you know, just let it, that validation say, hey, I'm here. Starts with, you know, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. And, um, it's great. I mean, I had a great, this past summer, we, uh, Rich Brocconi, again, we saw him and he said, yeah, you guys are going, Nick says, you're going on vacation. Look for a heart. Look for a heart in the sand. You're going to the beach. Look for a heart in the sand. Look for a heart in the sky. So on the last day of vacation, I'm sitting in my beach chair. Amy's with, we're alone. Amy's with me. She's taking a nap in the chair across from me. I'm looking at the sky and I see the letter N going. And kid you not, there was two planes that kind of like did something. I don't know what they were doing. But when the wind blew over the inlet and brought the end to me, it brought the heart on its side. And oh. I uh, actually took a picture of that and showed it to my publisher and, and she just said that's amazing that it the heart was right there with the end in the sky so it's yeah. good stuff and that's what rockets in the sky means to me i always look at the sky and yes. always look for nicholas yeah and then there was a penny also with the year there was a red penny yeah 2017 yeah, yeah the red penny is like after i started taking classes with rich uh, the intuitive medium, he was saying, you know, look for signs, look for anything. And something means it's subtle. So you got to really pay attention to what you're doing. And for that one, it was, um, we had to take our clocks back, you know, the hour and I didn't, I forgot to do it. So, you know, I'm, it's Sunday morning. I'm just doing my normal thing, but it's just different time. But it, it didn't matter to me because I was just going to the gravesite and going to Dunkin' Donuts, getting coffee for Amy and donuts for the girls. And um, so, you know, the, the cashier hands me the change from it. And I get home. I didn't even look at the change. I get home. I put the change on the table and there's this red pen. And Nick's favorite color is red. So that kind of jumped out at me first. And on the one side, um, it's just colored red, uh, some sort of paint. And then they scratched, they scratched a heart into the one side and they, uh, you turn it over, they scratched across on the other side. And I just felt like, I just felt the chills and everything just knew it was Nick. And I hold on to that penny to this day. I never let go of that penny. That's a, you know, that's the story behind that penny. I love it. That's a great story. Yeah. I love that you meditate. Now, do you, um, you've meditated now for a couple of years and yeah. do you get messages from him daily? Uh, not yeah, No, not daily. Not daily. I get more, I actually get more from self-hypnosis than, than from meditation. The med, he's, like I said, the end, 
you know, and that mostly came from Rich, the end with the heart. Um, but he is, it's mostly the rockets in the sky. He does flicker lights. So he messes with my cell phone all the time. I did an interview yesterday and I was, you know, really, really not nervous. I'm not, I'm kind of a nervous guy, but not really. When I'm talking about Nicholas, I don't seem, I yeah. don't seem nervous. Right. I wasn't nervous for me. I just was on the phone for the interview and I'm like saying, Nick, don't mess with the phone. Don't mess with the phone. But it, I think he did because uh, <laughs> when you go to play back the interview, it's like, I, I don't know what happened, but um, it echoes. Like, so when I say something, then it repeats right away. And then the oh. interviewer was saying stuff. So you got four conversations going and you couldn't, you couldn't hear any, you couldn't make out anything. So I was like, ah, oh, man. Nicholas, please, you know, well, phone bit. and I don't think it wasn't phone, but it's kind of like, it still gets in your head a little bit that, you know, yeah. Nick could be messing around, you know. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I did tell you, and I will share with the audience, I felt he was around this morning when I was looking at the book, just kind of peeking over my shoulder. To I'm see sure he was. I was doing. And, uh, but, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's comforting to know that our loved ones are on the other side and that they can connect with us, you know, yeah, that's, that's the blessing. Yeah. That God allows that. And again, I, I go, Oh, I don't mean to repeat myself, but I just really feel the, the more you struggle with it. I think the more God is merciful to you. Yeah, I think so too. What do you want to leave us with today? What, say what would you like to leave us with today, Mark? We're going to get out of it. You want to do a prayer? I don't know. Yeah, um, let's do a prayer. Absolutely. Would you like you to start. say one? Would you, you like do the prayer. Okay. All right. Let's say a prayer for Thanksgiving. What do you think? There you go. That's right. a wonderful way to stop. All right. Audience, let's, if you'll join us. Our Father in heaven, we ask that you watch over us at this time of the year where we start to see some of your bounty come in and we give thanks at Thanksgiving and we give thanks for what we have in our homes and food and heat and warm beds to lie in and to have a connection with you and to know that you watch over us and that you love us. And thank you for teaching us to love each other. And we ask for your blessings and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Thank you for coming on the show, Mark. The book is Thank you for having me. In the sky. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. This is Nancy Earl, you guys. This is High Road to Humanity. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and God bless. Please join me next time on the High Road with stories full of love and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on TogiNet Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now watch the High Road on Binge TV Networks. My channel is High Road to Humanity. Have a blessed week and know by staying on the High Road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, visit my website, nancyyourout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your messages from the angels. And God bless. Thank you.